but I want to tell you a little precursor to how he has arrived here today. Last Sunday, I was going for a coffee at a particular restaurant, and I heard my name, and someone said, Sherry, and then I turned around, and it was my fabulous student, Samantha Gordon, and she said, here, meet my friend, Grant. Grant? Grant Shoud. I'm so happy he's here. So, of course, I abused our, our meeting and got him to come into the podcast. We were meant to meet, and I'm we were supposed meant to, to meet. be here. And if you hit the table if again, I hit the it's table just gonna, one more time, like... I'm kicked out. <laughs> yes, I, I keep forgetting the rules. I know. Don't that's hit that's the table. rule number one. Don't hit the table. Because <laughs> the yeah. microphone explodes. Yeah. I don't know why suddenly I'm right, pounding listen, on the table. Listen, I am thrilled you're here. I love Murphy Brown. I loved it 20 years ago. I love it today. I want everyone to hear your story because um, the little bit I know about you is that you went to college, but you weren't majoring in your path to be an actor and all of a sudden you graduated and said mom dad I'm changing my career path yeah for those out there who you know don't think they can be an actor that that's like not allowed in this lifetime or whatever I was one of those guys mm. like I loved going to movies I felt like I lived vicariously in the movies mm. I had that kind of imagination but you know, I was just a kid growing up in Pennsylvania, and I thought that's for other people, not me. And so I went to college, and I kind of failed upwards. You know, <laughs> like I became a, a business major for a semester. I failed out. Oh. I became a journalism major. I graduated with a journalism degree, but well, that's just kind of cool. It, it, it. I thought I might want to be a sports writer, but mm. I didn't love it enough mm. to devote my life to it. Right. And um, I, I, there was a, a play they were doing Henry V on campus, and. I thought to myself, at this point I was starting to have, um, you know, thoughts about, you know, could I become an actor? And I'll say this, like, if, you, if you're worried about what people are going to think, mm. don't let that hold, hold you back. Never. I let that hold me back for uh, years. What was your wake-up call? So you, you did your life in Pennsylvania, you mm -hmm. went to college, you were doing journalism, but something was calling you to the creative arts. Great. Even though journalism is creative arts. So what was that, like a life-changing moment that happened that you went, I'm doing it? You know, I think it was a, a culmination of, you know, everybody, everybody who, I was so worried about what they thought, right? Mm. We're all getting on with their lives. Mm. Like I saw, I'm, it's senior year, they're interviewing on campus with Xerox and IBM mm. and they, they like have a life path. Right. And I'm, ho I'm not going for mine because I was afraid of what they might think think if I fail and Ooh. or if I even try you have a or, lot of critic a uh, critic yeah critic. I, have a, I have an inner critic yeah sure for sure it sits on that shoulder yeah and I didn't grow it. up in a in a in an area that spawned a lot of people in the arts that yeah. wasn't like it so what happened so you were like I can't do it I gotta go to New York what, I, what happened I, I went I I read for a five-line part in Henry V and I got it and I figured if I could get out on stage in tights in front of my fraternity brothers, <laughs> then maybe I could move to New York and make a go of it. But that was like my first test. That really was. That's it's amazing. like if I can't do this, right. I was reading your sign outside saying, yes. "Don't even come in here if you're not going to bring your." But you know, so I was like, if, "If if I can't do this, then how how can I expect that I'm going to move to New York and give this a try?" So it was, you know, I was like, "It's now or never." Incredible. So you did it. I, I you went did in the tights. They laughed. Went in the tights. They they the, their reaction was nothing that I thought it would be. They were like, "Wow, I, we didn't know you were into that." 
that's it. They accepted you. Let's get a beer, you know? <laughs> and then um, from there, I, I went home to uh, outside Philly where I grew up. I learned how to wait tables. I moved up to New York. And this is where it gets kind of strange. And, and, and I told you before, like four months after I was up there, I was on Broadway. See, that, you guys, is very lucky and very random. Yes. So how did that happen? I was starting to talk to actors, which I wholeheartedly recommend, is talk to other actors and be like... All the time. Who do you study with? Who right. do you, you know, mm-hmm. where do you work? How, right. do you, how do you do this? Okay. And I was... I so made, you're living where? I was waiting tables. I was mm-hmm. living down by, you know, sort of the... the um, uh, Gramercy Park area, mm-hmm. the uh, what's that building? The Flatiron Building. Oh yeah, right. Okay. And I was waiting tables down there, and um, I was keeping my ear to the ground about uh, agencies that might take somebody like me who mm-hmm. had no experience. Okay. And um, I made you... a list of about ten. Okay. And I and I went to those places, oh. and they had signs on the door saying "Do not knock," and I knocked, <laughs> and then sometimes. You know, the door would fly open and they'd say, can't you read? And they would slam the door. But it didn't stop you. It didn't stop me. And I wandered into Which an office. Which is interesting. I have to interrupt because in your other life, before actor life, you were sort of holding yourself back what other people would think. Except when you had, when you actually put yourself in this particular situation of getting the rejection, you kind of went for it. I did. and That's I, amazing. I, I think desperation is a... Yeah. Can be success. A major motivator. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was so desperate at I just felt like I had wasted my life up to that point and oh. I was starting out in acting later than many do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, you know, I was very, very interested in being successful as quickly as possible. Mm. And I had wasted so much time not doing it that, that, were... that I was trying to make up for lost time. I got it. So whose door stayed open for you? Uh, a guy named Michael Kingman, who's no okay. longer with us. Ah. But um, I went in there. I got into a conversation with the woman at the front desk, who they are the gatekeeper. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, 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 you know, And I, I was engaged in conversation with her, and Michael came wandering out of the office. It was a two-room office. Right. And he came wandering in, and he's like, who are you? And I'm like, oh, my name's Grant Schott. I'm new in town. I'm looking for an agent. And he picked up my picture and resume. And the resume was, you know, embellished. And, and, and he went, University of Richmond? I'm from Richmond. Oh. And I went, oh. And he said, um, well, maybe we'll have you come in for a, a, a monologue. Do a mm. monologue for us. And um, they, they, they called and set up an appointment. And I did the monologue. I think I was awful. But they said, <laughs> we'll take uh, you. They said, we'll work with you. We'll, okay. we'll send you out. You see how you like us. We see how we like you. Mm-hmm. The third audition was a national tour for Torchong Trilogy. And I went in and auditioned for that. Thought I was awful. Of course you they did. They were laughing at me as I was walking. <laughs> it, was in, it was in the Broadway theater, and they were laughing at me as I was walking up the aisle. And they asked me. They were laughing, and they said, because I was, like, stomping up the aisle because I thought I had done so poorly. And they said, Grant, um, how old are you? And I went, uh, 18. And they laughed uproariously because they knew I was lying. And But it was to understudy, like, a 16-year-old and a Oh, so you wanted to cover your tra- I wanted to cover Yeah, yes. yeah. So I was very young looking. But wait, I have to just I have to just say, but you didn't just like go from Philadelphia and hey, I want to be an actor. You trained. You got into class before this, right? I, I did, but I but wasn't in that class long. that long. That's amazing. Yeah, I I, I I think I told you I met a guy who lived in the same boarding house I was living in. Yes, he turned retail me on to story. his acting teacher. Yes. Whose name whose name was Eulalie Noble. She was an actor studio, okay. you know, alumni. Right. And I started studying privately with her first, and she gave me some monologues to work on, and then I joined her class for a while, and then I found the guy who would like kind of become my 
teacher, which Mentor. is Fred Caraman. Yeah. Ah. Even though uh, the audition was for a national tour, they were also looking to cover two parts in the play on Broadway. So they cast me in It's that. magical that this happened. It it's, was. So, you know, actors do... Some actors get lucky and get jobs right away, and then some are 15 years in before their first, you know, claim to fame. Of, or any sort of jobs. To me, work begets work. So for me, when people are coming in, I have one line, I have two lines, I have, you know, 30 lines, I'm the lead, I'm the, you know, the co-star. I say do it all. Because artistry is artistry. I could not agree with and you. And work more. begets work. Just say yes. Just say yes Absolutely. at all times. Absolutely, at all times. So you're on Murphy Brown for 10 years, you're off for 20, and then all of a sudden you're back. What happened? You get this phone call? Were yes. you thinking that it could possibly come back because of all the other shows that were coming back from the past? Um, I, I, I wasn't sitting around. I was living in, I live in Pennsylvania now where mm. I grew up. And I wasn't thinking, even though these reboots were happening, I didn't necessarily think Murphy Brown was going to. Mm-hmm. But we got, we all got emails from Diane English, the creator, saying, "Warner Brothers wants me to write a script. Are you in?" And we were like, "Yeah, we can, we can move the schedule <laughs> yeah. around and, you know, figure it out." And, <laughs> I think we'll say yes to that. Yeah, and then we shot in New York, which was great too, because that's only two hours away from where I live. Yeah. So we all, you know, moved there temporarily, and it took about four months to do the thirteen. And it was, it was incredible. Incredible. Was so incredible. what happened in that time? Because actors, you know, there's a cycle that actors go through. You could be working a lot. And then all of a sudden, you know, your series or your rhythm of booking things can stop. Yeah. Dead stop. Yep. For years. That's right. And not because of anything that you've done. That's right. It's just that your cycle is off. And so when you were done with that show, what happened? Did you cycle back into other things? Tell us. I cycled back into a couple other series, mm-hmm. which weren't nearly as long lasting as Murphy Brown. And then when that ended, yes. when that when those brief cycles ended, mm-hmm. then it was you know years of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was living in New York at the time. Mm-hmm. Belonged to the Ensemble Studio Theater mm-hmm. in New York City, which has been around over fifty years. It's an incredible place, over mm. five hundred members, oh. playwrights, <clears throat> actors, writers, and I mean uh, directors. Wow. And you know, you're all there to serve the play. Right. You're all there to serve the play. That's and I agree with that. Absolutely. Serve the writer. And I just I just worked with you know tremendous people who were but all But what were you feeling? So were you feeling just as creative and happy? Did you feel a loss when Murphy Brown was over and uh, the other shows were over? What were you feeling? It was definitely a walk through the desert. Yeah. You know, like like you said, like But I want actors to hear it because they listen because there's ups and there's downs and and everybody is human so everyone goes through it so that's, that's right. why I wanted you to sort of express it that's right and and my antidote to that is to just constantly be working on myself mm-hmm. you know it's like an athlete would say you know an athlete would say stay ready mm-hmm. you know so I was just I was just and I but did and, you allow yourself to get down for a little bit or just oh what, sure what, yeah okay, oh so yeah you like, you oh got yeah. into it when I moved back to Pennsylvania about four years ago yeah. I'm sitting in the house I grew up in you know right I won't say my age but you know I'm, <laughs> and my mom was still living there yeah and it's like the room I but why grew did you up go in. back there why did you go uh, because back? it was time oh, so you felt like you did Murphy Brown you did the other shows the cycle you were you did all these theater pieces and you just wanted what did you want? What was the feeling? It was time. What does that mean? It was just mean? time to go home. Oh. My family's there. My, my, my nephews and my niece are there. My best friends from high school are there. Yeah. They're still there. Oh, and so it was sweet. just like time to go home. And I had an agent say to me one time, 
I always tell my clients, it's like, put your happiness first and everything else will follow. Mm. You know, he said, I find my clients are the happiest or the, you know, most successful work-wise. And I did the same thing when I moved from LA to New York. Everybody was like, why are you, everybody's coming out here. Why are you going there? And yeah. I was just like, it's time. So you go with your gut feeling. So you're kind of like an earthy spiritual energy to the earth or something that just, right? I think. And I think it's really important what you said about living your best self and being happy because psychologically, I mean, for all actors, it's so incredible. And we push this here at the studio to live at that higher frequency level, Absolutely. which is eating healthy, exercising, doing the craft or whatever, you know, artistic outlet you have, being kind and, you know, being giving. And a lot of actors get nervous for things. And we can talk about you getting nervous for auditions because I'd love to hear if you oh, did or not yeah. because that's such a big thing. But I've come up with this silly little term because if you're being of service, you can't get nervous. That's great. And if I had that when I was an actor and if I had that years ago, it's just that little, oh, thank you. You're right. It takes all the pressure off. Because you're handed a script, you're telling the writer's story, your job is to be of service to that story, so then your nerves can't get in, kick in, because it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you. I couldn't agree more. Like, I think service is, is about self-forgetting. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anything uh, helps acting more than self-forgetting. 100%. Did you ever get nervous? Did you ner get nervous for audition for Murphy Brown? Uh, first I, time? Uh, How was it the second time? Oh my God, the first Tell time. <laughs> the first time was like, you know, this was back before cell phones, mm. so I I had you know read for it. I thought it went terribly. I, are you seeing a pattern there? I keep, <laughs> I keep thinking things go terribly, and then but they don't. It, you don't always know, is what I'm saying. Right. You know? And and I was I did a play reading over in Hell's Kitchen that night, and I hadn't checked my answering machine all day. Oh. And I go home, and there were like five panic messages from my. Um, from my agent saying, you gotta be on a plane to Los Angeles tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Oh. And um, I flew to LA the next day. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I, oh, this is what I wanted to say. Um, um, what you don't always know is what's going on over here. Mm -hmm. It's like you're there doing your work, you know, trying to stay prepared and mm -hmm. everything like that. Living your life, like you said, to its utmost potential and taking care of yourself. And you never know what's going on over here. And mm -hmm. what I didn't know was going on over there was they were desperately trying to cast this part and I had never been called in for it. Mm. But they had been trying to cast it for months and they almost cast it. And but I had agreed to do a reading, right? Yeah. It, like on a Saturday morning right. down in a restaurant, down in the just village. just say yes. Just say yes. Uh -huh. And they were at the point, now they were so desperate, they were calling people in New York, Chicago, Toronto, they're saying, who have we not seen who might be right for this? And I made a couple of those, those lists, one of them being the woman who ran the theater company who I had just done the reading for. And she and she was like, this guy just did a reading oh for us. He sounds kind of like what you're looking for. Right this, place at the right time by just saying yes. Just if saying you didn't yes. do that reading, this your whole life would be on right. a different course. Right. And when you're sitting around thinking nothing's happening, you have no idea what's going on over there. Mm -hmm. And like you said, yeah. it may take years. Yes. But if this is what you want to do, who cares? Who cares? Where are you going to go? Yeah, you have to honor your truth. That's right. You have to honor. And there's different ways whether you're getting paid to do it or not. And especially now. Not when we were acting, when you still are an active when I was, there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't Instagram, there wasn't Facebook Live. You could do a show every day. Yeah. So, you know, there's uh, so much more opportunity. A friend of mine saw a talk back with a well known actress, I won't say who it was, but um, she was in the Groundlings mm -hmm. and all of her friends were like blowing up. Mm -hmm. And, and all, she was doing student film after student film. And, 
and she got discouraged and she quit and mm-hmm. she went back to Florida and she was in Florida for where she was from for like a couple months and she was so miserable she said I'm going back to LA but this time if if I do student films for the rest of my life it's okay mm, so she surrendered she had a, a shift in perspective mm. and and then she ended yep. up getting the role that sort of made her so let's cut back to about getting nervous yeah so once you, do, you were you nervous for the test? You were obviously going to test for Murphy Brown before you got it. So there was, were you nervous? Were you I've a never, wreck? I've never not been nervous. Oh, I remember, you're always nervous. You live nervously. W- well, when I, when I got the, <laughs> when I got the job on Broadway, yeah, I remember, and you know, I had been there four months, yeah, and it, I, I wasn't in rehearsal very long before yeah. they were like, "You're going on tonight," yeah, yeah, and I remember there's this set, and and I enter from a bathroom, and they put me in, and I'm going to walk onto a Broadway stage for the first time. And I think to myself, I can sneak out the back of the theater and come back five years from now when I'm more ready. I'll, I won't be as nervous in five. I'll be more, I'll okay, be better so trained. Wait. I'll be like, I'm fooled everybody up till now, but like, this is going to be really embarrassing. Like, I don't know if I'm going to step out there and completely go up. Right. Like, I, I don't you know no what's going to happen. But you do it. So how do you fuel, how do you use your nerves? I, I just I just do it anyway. You just surrender to it, maybe. Yeah, what do maybe they say? It's do. like there's two kinds of people. There's people who are afraid and there's people who are afraid but do it anyway. Right. You so just you, gotta be you, afraid you to just, do it anyway. Yeah, you just but do it did anyway. your nerves affect you? Because I know people listening will nerves affect you in a different in certain yes, ways. Yes. Some people's hands shake, yes. some people's head get you get frozen in the tunnel. What what do you talk fast? Do your mouth get dry? What is it for you? Um Sometimes my nerves can take me out of something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and like I literally just can't perform to my capabilities. But you do because it. I'm too nervous. But I do it anyway. And sometimes I suck. Right. You know, it's like it's just part of the deal. It's like the best baseball players strike out seven out of ten times. But you kind of you you just kind of you don't like abuse yourself because of it. You just go, okay, that happened. I did for a long time. And what changed it? it because that's not sustainable. Yes. Because then it's also not living at your highest frequency. Yeah. And it's also not leave, living at, you know, self-love and happiness. It's also not effective. Yeah. And it's not effective. Like, if you think beating yourself up, like whipping a racehorse to get over the finish line faster, if you think that's going to get you, it never worked for me. I like the idea, but it never right. worked. But it doesn't. And, yeah. you know, we do teach here, there's a an exercise called the critic exercise because every single person has the critic that sits on their shoulder it could be yourself it could be your page it could be the producer it could be you know your mother it could be your boyfriend it could be your girlfriend and there's an exercise that we do that helps you release it Mm -hmm. because if you're aware of who it is when it comes trickling in you can keep releasing it until it's no longer there and then it become you become one because really it only matters what you think about yourself anyway yeah it doesn't matter what anyone thinks and if you live on the path of giving and being kind to others then hey you're doing freaking fantastic. I feel if you live on that path, like the world opens up to you. Right? It does. And there's a there's a there's a grace that comes with that that sort of um, does for you what you can't do for yourself. And even if you think it's not, then all of a sudden, yeah, it opens. And you know, sometimes I think you know when you said there can be long periods of time yes. before actors working. Yes. Sometimes I think part of that is just that that time is being used. I'm hitting bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting bottom with my despair. I'm hitting bottom with, because despair, depression, whatever, you know, there's will behind it. Mm-hmm. There's like, I'm not getting what I want. I'm never going to get what I want. I'm not, no, 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 you know, it's coming from my thoughts. Right. So sometimes that has to, I have to hit bottom with that. And but when you're hitting bottom, when you were in those cycles, did you take care of yourself? Did you just feel yes. it completely? And then you're like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat. I'm going to, or. I did the best I could. You did the best you could. Yeah. 
So can we cut and can you tell us about your wonderful character, Miles? Sure. Well, you know, it's interesting when we were talking about nerves because I felt this last 13 episodes probably more nervous than I maybe did the first 10 years I did the show. Why do you think? I, well, I think part of it's just being older. Mm. You know, I think we get a little more vulnerable when we're older. Really? Because I, I sort so. of feel the opposite. I feel like I could do anything and it doesn't, like, Yeah, I I've evolved into myself. Right, right. I don't, well, you know what's interesting is even though I felt that way, mm-hmm. people didn't see that. Mm. People, people were like, you know, wow, you seem grounded in a way you weren't before and stuff like that. Which so they is all think the, you're, so you're actually coming off more grounded, but you're inside, you're feeling more nervous. Yeah, like each episode, it took me at least one scene, if not two to really shake off the nerves to the point where I felt like I could relax. During tape day or just during rehearsal? During filming. During with the filming. audience there and everything like that. Wow. And, and when I was younger, I felt more the way you did, which is like, you, move aside. Yeah, you know what I mean? Side. I got this. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I was Something just feeling happened. really vulnerable. Like, And vulnerability is wonderful. It, so don't ever is. not be vulnerable. Exactly. Exactly. It, what makes you so funny. Yeah. Oh, thank because you. it adds to the neuroses. Yeah, thank you. You know, which yeah. is the twirling chaos that goes on that makes characters funny. Right. But what do you, so, so tell us about Miles. So, so you were nervous, but you do it, and you're freaking adorable. Has you. Miles' character, how it was 20 years ago, the same? Do they write him the same, or is he evolved? Is he different? What's the, what's the, how is it different? I think, I think he is the same in many ways, mm-hmm. and I think he's tortured in, <laughs> in many ways he used to be, and, you know, he, he, he's alone, and you know when they find him in the opening episode, he's a shut-in, you know. And, uh, um, but you know he he's been a, a really high-achieving individual for so long, and I think sometimes you know when the merry-go-round stops with mm. those people, they're Crash. left with themselves, yeah. and it's like all the luggage comes flying yes. up to the front of yes. the station wagon. Yeah, like when the station wagon stops, all the <laughs> luggage from the back comes flying up to the front, and that was incredibly fun to play. And they made an allowance for that, you That's know, amazing. like he's he's got a little midlife crisis thing going on where he's like, I'm going to end up. In- but he was always heightened. Yes, he's a, just a heightened yes. type yes. A, you know, Absolutely. guy because he wants the best. Yes, but what's what's nice, and I think this is true for every actor, right? And mm-hmm. this is what's this is what's so great about keeping at it mm-hmm. is like you get better. You get better even when you don't know you're getting better, and 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 you. And the more you do it, you just get better. Yeah, and you just and you settle into yourself you more. In. And you don't feel the need to push. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm just gonna say it. You know yeah. what I mean? Instead yes. of like I need to put a spin on it. Yeah. You know, to be interesting because I'm not interesting enough. And right, which you is know. a really important thing because you actors are interesting enough. Yes. They just are. But they have to know that. Yes, you do, definitely. Now, when you're creating character, because you come from theater. So your background in creating the life of the character, did you do the same thing for all of your television? Because I know at my studio, we have scene study classes that are very different in sculpting your character's life than, than the comedy, than the drama for television. It's a different process that we use. So were you, did you use the same or how did you change it up? Along the lines of your just say yes, yeah. you know, what was so great about doing New York theater and doing whatever anybody asked me to do mm-hmm. was I had done a couple plays over at EST and I didn't know it at the time, but I was really sort of perfecting what I bring to things through those parts so that when Miles came along, I read him and I went, I know how to do this. Mm. So it was all it was was the previous experience mm-hmm. kind of paying off mm-hmm. by the time that 
preparing me for the for for that part to come along you know so but so did you do you take apart a script the same way as you did when you did theater I've never taken a, part, a script apart oh you haven't no I, I'm not one of those guys who does research and so, yeah, but, but I mean connecting it to personal experience you just kind of get an impulse and just dive in and go I do interesting yeah yeah I was always in a panic this is another letting go thing yeah. Because I remember one time uh, Candace was shooting the scene with a guy. And she, Candace, there wasn't any love lost between them off camera. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, she does this scene with this guy and she's in tears. Mm-hmm. And I went up to her afterwards. And I'm like in my late 20s. And I'm like, Candace, what emotional preparation did you do for that? Like, how did you, you know, like get to that place? And, you know, where yeah. you could, when they said action that you could yes. perform that way. Yes. And she was like, oh, Grant. She goes... Life will do it to you. Just you've got to, you just. You know, she, she was basically just like, "Oh, Grant, just get older, and this stuff will be right there, oh right God. there on the surface of your skin, and you won't have no, to." No, but you have to. That's not. I, you know, and it's lovely she said that, but she's a wonderful actress, and you have to have the ability to be able to pull it. You know what I mean? I, you, you know, you do. I do find out because I used to go to class with the sole intention of I have to learn how to cry. Mm. Because someday, hopefully, because I really wanted to be a dramatic actor. I was yeah, but like, most of the time you don't want to. You want the audience to cry for you. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But I was like, at some point, I'm gonna be whether it's being really intensely angry in a way that's gonna rivet people, or I, I, I was very sort of, I had, I was very result oriented in my mm-hmm. head, and I had these expectations like. My guy was Al Pacino, right? And I was like, I want to be Al Pacino. So, and, but I'm not Al Pacino, so how am I going to become Al Pacino? I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work That's on this. And I found the more I reached for those things, the farther away they got. And I was in class oh. one time, and I, I, I saw this actor um, you know, and you know, do the scene with this gal. And the scene was over, and the teacher said, how do you feel to the guy? And he, and he said, well, I didn't cry. And she turned around to... The, the us and she said do you know what causes impotence in men and we were like no, no. she said the pressure to perform oh so so he went into the scene being like i gotta cry i gotta cry so I there's gotta no cry. way you could yeah no he but was completely cut off. probably didn't even need to probably right probably right well when, when you don't need to then so many things can happen yes. if we step out so of you way. have the ability to just naturally fall into these roles you read it you the, the words resonate to you and you're just vulnerable enough to just organically drop in. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. Well, I think maybe I, I get the parts that I'm most right for. Yeah, right. You know, and I don't get the parts that, you know, are out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, but you have a nice wheelhouse. You're well, a good you. actor. You thank know, you. you have you can resonate to so many things. Okay, well, so let's let's help these actors who are listening. Give them some advice. What would you say to them to Three things to stay persistent, to study, to... I'm giving you words right, to say. Right. What would you say? Give them some good advice and to lift them up a little bit. Let's, you know, it's 2019 now. It's January. Let's get it going on. What would you say? You know, <clears throat> you know that old adage, like, you can't love somebody else until you love yourself? Mm-hmm. Whatever, that? Whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do, get there. Okay. You know, don't be like, I'll love myself when I'm when. famous. Right. And then I'll love myself because everybody else will love me. It's like, no, you you got to love yourself. Okay, and then you're so self-love. Self-love. Um, accept what is. Hmm. And Which causes a sort of surrender. Correct. 
Not not to say that you're not going to strive to change. No. What is? No. But, you know, like you said earlier, holding on to those auditions or not getting that or mm -hmm. not getting that, I eventually had to become very much a fatalist about it. Mm. You know, very much like, I am not supposed to be on that set that day. And I don't get to know that. That doesn't seem like a fatalist. That, fe that feels like it's a positive twist to it. Yeah, I think Acceptance so. Acceptance of... Yes. Okay, great. I didn't get it. So next. Yeah. I got a part one time because I just said, you know what? Um, I'm just going to go. I, I don't think I want to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you know, it's not where I want my career to go, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to go and, and assume that I'm supposed to be in that room at that time that day. And then I'm not going to worry what comes after that. And it turned out being a fantastic job. Just say yes. Just say yes. What else? Just say yes. Um, the and, then I think, okay. and then I think everything you talked about, I mean, you mm -hmm. just have to want it. You do. You, you know, you have to show. You have to show up. You know. Well, me personally, I believe in the training. Yes. It, it is just you can't just be an Uber driver and go, "Hey, I want to be an actor. I'm going to just no. do it." You have to have that sense, and I think the training causes a sense of self and really understanding who you are, how you participate in this world, what makes you tick, and all that stuff you can put into the work. Correct. And if you don't have the other stuff, the self love and accept what is all that stuff. I've seen the most talented actors not go anywhere because oh. they couldn't get out of their own way. So they would sabotage. Yeah. Or, you know, an addiction problem. Yeah. Or, you know, they haven't unpacked certain baggage. Yeah. Or sabotage. Or, yeah. So, self-love. Just say yes. Mm -hmm. Except what is. Except just what say is. Yes. And then just say yes. And then just say yes. Which is, I think, what we're talking about with the training, which is just experience. you got to get experience. Yeah. You know? You have to. You guys, thank you for tuning in. So we're going to end this with get your butts out there, be courteously aggressive, go for your dreams, and don't let anyone stop you.